Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. It's your host, Jack Jones, with the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's Thanksgiving week. It's feast week. Time to fatten your pockets right alongside your stomachs. Fellow handicapper Brandon Lee is going to be joining me today to give out six free picks, two in college football for Saturday, two in the NFL for Sunday, and two NFL teasers. But first, we're going to recap our free picks from last week. We went two and four, and it was honestly the worst week of bad beats I can remember us ever having on this podcast Kind of par for the course for how our season's going on the podcast. Would you agree with that statement, Brandon? Yeah, it's last week was a culmination of just the whole year. It's just just brutal. <laughs> it was, it was. But here we are. We're still sticking with it, guys. Uh, Brandon went one and two last week uh, to fall to fifteen and seventeen on the season. I also went one and two to fall to fifteen and seventeen. 30 and 34 on the season, in danger of our first ever losing season on the podcast. Still 394 wins, 320 losses last eight years. Bet 1000 bucks a game, you'd be up 42000 Uh We were so close to a 6-0 sweep last week, it was sick, but uh, we went 2-4 and four instead. Can you uh, recap your three pick, picks for the listeners? Yeah, I had a loser on Rutgers plus 20.5 in college football as the Scarlet Knights did me dirty and uh, went on to lose by 21 this was a tough one to stomach. It couldn't have looked any better at the half with Penn State clinging to a 10-6 to lead. It's still looking great midway through the third quarter. Then on second and six from the Nittany Lions side of the field, Rutgers fumbles. Two minutes later, the Nittany Lions are up 20-6. to Rutgers then go, goes back down the field. They got first and 10 on the Penn State 24. A few plays later, they throw an interception. Penn State goes down the field and scores, just as you kind of knew they would at that point. They go up 27-6 to and win by that uh, final. Nothing more sickening, though, than Rutgers getting the ball back with 3.36 left and a chance for the back door, only for them to run five straight plays to eat up the clock. Um, just, a, just a sickening way to lose and just... One of the ones that I, I, I one of the worst ones I've had on the podcast in quite a while. Uh, NFL wasn't much better um, in terms of luck. I had a loser with the Broncos minus two and a half. You know, you always second guess yourself when you don't play a favorite less than a field goal on the money line, and they end up winning the game and not covering. Uh, there was plenty of that going on Sunday night for me after the Broncos beat the Vikings 21-20. We had our shot for the cover. Denver took the lead on a late touchdown. They go for two to take the three-point lead, but it wasn't meant to be. I did catch a break in my two-team six-point teaser. I easily got there with the Cardinals teased up from plus five to 11. But I needed some late-game heroics to cash on the other side of this uh, teaser with the Lions minus one and a half. Detroit gave up a field goal with 4.15 left in the fourth quarter to fall behind 14 to 26. Detroit scores a touchdown. They get a stop. They go down score another touchdown they're up one they kick the extra point they're up two we cover but as every team would in this spot they go for two and luckily they get it they had a safety later on they win 31 to 26 so that was the one little bright spot in what uh it's a pretty painful weekend yeah i lost on uh i went one and two as well i lost on sam houston western kentucky over for 52 and a half 
Um, this game finished with 51 combined points, under by one and a half points, but there was 37 combined points at halftime. So I only needed 16 points in the second half to cash. We got to 51 with 12 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. But the scoring would end there with Western Kentucky uh, leading 28-23. to 23. Western Kentucky got to the Sam Houston 30-yard line but went for it instead of kicking a field goal. Sam Houston State needed a touchdown and not a field goal to take the lead, so naturally twice they got inside uh, Western Kentucky's red zone and threw interceptions both times. They had a first and goal on their final drive and failed to punch it in. So it felt like a 90% winner turned into a loser. Um, my NFL free pick on the Cardinals-Texans over 47.5 was kind of eerily similar. The Cardinals and Texans combined for 31 points at halftime, so only needed 17 in the second half to cash. Instead, a crazy turn of events saw just six combined points in the second half for 37 total. Arizona had the ball in Houston territory three times, turned it over on downs on all three. Houston had the ball inside the Arizona 25-yard three times. C.J. Stroud threw an interception on all three. So he threw inter- three interceptions. He only had two interceptions coming into the season or coming into that game all season. Texans also missed a field goal. This one should have sailed over, but it didn't. Felt like another 90% winner at halftime, turned into a loser. Uh, but my 10-point teaser wasn't much of a sweat. Came through to avoid the reverse sweep. Uh, 49ers minus 1.5, won by 13 over the Bucks. Cowboys minus a half, one by 23 over the Panthers, and the Rams plus 11, one out right over the Seahawks. Now that we got that misery out of the way, let's give the listeners an update on how our premium picks are doing. Uh, go ahead and fire away, Brandon. Yeah, it was a tough week on the gridiron for me. It's been a little bit more of the same. I just kind of continue to hover around the break-even point. I think I'm 21 and 19 over the last seven days. Um, really, you know, lucky that I've been able to make up for some of the struggles on my football f- with uh, my basketball plays. Last seven days, I'm 16-8 and eight on my NBA and college basketball plays. I'm going to keep grinding and hope some of these breaks starts going my way. But how about you? How are things going? Um, I had, uh, I hope you guys took up, took me up on the 30 day pass because, uh, November outside of college football has been great. I had four losses, but I combined five points Saturday, including two on our free picks, uh, with, uh, Sam Houston over and Rutgers. I also watched in misery as Rutgers just burned the clock at the end. Like ran the clock all the way down. Uh, I I, I knew they weren't going to score regardless, but to not try to score at all throw a pass Just, yes oh. like some coaches would get, know the spread and go down there and try to like, and kick a field goal at the end i'm not even joking i've seen it happen many times but not ruggers uh, i know james franklin would have but yes he would have 100 <laughs> percent. i did have another winning week in the nfl three and one on top plays rated 20 star or higher uh number eight ranked nfl capper this season 57 percent on the season but basketball is rolling right now though 32 and 15 nba run 26 and 10 college basketball run number one ranked basketball capper all time at sportscapping.com i got a 10 and 3 run the last three days with one more pending here wednesday night and uh looking forward to uh thanksgiving man i got eight nfl and 10 college football picks posted from thursday through monday tons of action on feast week with three nfl games thursday dolphins jets on friday plus all those rivalry games in college football Loaded cards over the weekend as usual. I mean, this is probably the best week of the year for sports bettors outside of perhaps the opening round of the NCAA tournament. What do you think? Oh, it doesn't get much better than this. And just, you know, college basketball is great, but you get this much football in this short period of time, it's it's hard to beat. 
No doubt. And I mean, these college basketball games start yeah. at 10 in the morning every day. And Well, college basketball on Thanksgiving, that's new, right? I mean. Yeah, I think there's been a few games before, but there's but not more. like this. this no. Is a, and it's a good slate. There's, there's so many good, good tournaments right now. Yeah. It's a lot of extra work for us, guys, but uh, it's it's definitely exciting because, I mean, it just makes it that much more fun when you got it going all day. Everybody's looking forward to it. Um, so get on board now, guys. Um, let's get on to these free picks, though. What's your college football free pick for Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to take Duke as a six-point home favorite against Pitt on Saturday. I really like the spot for the Blue Devils, who I feel are going to be motivated uh, to finish off their season with a win after losing four of the last five, especially with it being senior day in the home finale. Big thing to know with Duke's struggles down the stretch, all four of their losses have come on the road. Three of those coming against high-quality opponents in Florida State, Louisville, and North Carolina. They played Florida State really good for about a half. Um, they did lay an egg against Louisville and had a you know, heartbreaking loss against North Carolina by two points. Uh, Blue Devils have been tough to beat at home under Mike Elko. Duke is 5-1 and one at home this season, improving to 10-2 and two at home since Elko took over. Uh, the only home loss this year was a gut-wrenching 14-21 loss to Notre Dame. The only loss last year was a three-point loss to North Carolina as a touchdown underdog. Duke has won 11 straight home games as a favorite with the last loss coming way back in the early part of the 2020 season. As far as this matchup is concerned, I give the edge to the Blue Devils on both sides of the ball. Duke's defense has slipped a little bit of late, but overall they've been one of the better units in the country. Blue Devils are only allowing 19.8 points per game, holding teams on average a full touchdown under their scoring average. Pitt is not a good offensive team. They only had one game all season against an FBS team where they scored more than 24 points. Uh, that was a 38-point effort, and their upset went over Louisville, which is kind of hard to believe looking back at it now. But that was also a very misleading score. Panthers only had 288 yards of total offense in that game. Offensively, Duke isn't as potent without Riley Leonard at quarterback. Quarterback. But I really like what I've seen out of true freshman Grayson Loftus. He wasn't great in his first start against Wake Forest, but he's really played well in the last couple of weeks on the road against North Carolina and Virginia, throwing for 459 yards with a 5-1 touchdown interception ratio. As for Pitt's defense, the Panthers have been known for fielding strong defenses uh, under head coach Pat Narduzzi, uh, but they're uh, down quite a bit on that side of the ball this season. Pitt's given up 27.1 points per game and 368 yards per game. Easily their worst defensive marks in the last five years. It's worth noting those numbers jumped to 32.4 points per game and 382 yards per game away from home. Big reason they come into this game 0-5 straight up and 0-5 ATS in road games this season. Pitt is getting outscored by nearly 20 points per game and outgained by almost 100 yards per game away from home. It's not like they played a gauntlet of a road slate. Uh, they did have to go to Notre Dame, but their other four road games are against West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. I, I just don't think it's asking a lot for Duke to win here by at least a touchdown. Uh, give me the Blue Devils minus six. Yeah, I've been impressed with Duke despite losing their last two games. I mean, losing by two at North Carolina and by three at Virginia with how good both of those teams are playing. But now the Blue Devils are back home where they're 5-1 and one this season, like you said, with their lone loss basically coming at the buzzer to Notre Dame. Pitt has questionable motivation sitting at 3-8 and on the season, not going to a bowl game. They did respond with a 24-16 home win over Boston College last week, though. They clearly 
probably aren't packing it in after that effort. But And they actually have two extra days of rest here um, after playing on Thursday last week. That's an advantage that should help them. I do think Duke will be extra motivated to end a seven-game losing streak to Pitt for their last five losses. Um, to Pitt have come by one score, including a two-point loss last season. So I just don't love this Duke offense. They just haven't been the same since losing Riley Leonard. They're 1-4 and four straight up. Their last five, the lone win coming by three over Wake Forest. Schedule has been tough, though, with four of those five losses on the road. I don't expect this Pitt offense to do much either. They've been held to an average of 13.6 points per game in their last five games. That leads me to uh, the under in a matchup between two bad offenses and two pretty good defenses. Also expected to be double-digit wins in this one. Should help uh, keep the scoring down. There's some 42.5s out there right now, which is a key number. In college football totals, uh, if I had to play this game, I'd take the under 42.5. Lean Duke with you. We'll be rooting for Duke, um, but I like the under 42.5. Yeah, uh, I didn't look too much into the total. It seemed pretty close to what I thought it should be, so um, I definitely get where you're going with the low scoring. I, I think Pitt could struggle to score uh, much at all in this one. So Yeah, I think they've been held to like 17 or less for their last five games other than that game against Boston College, which has a terrible defense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Duke's probably going to get the cover, too. I just I think it's like a we'll go with like a 21 to 10 type of game. I can see that. All right, I'm going to go with South Carolina plus 7.5 over Clemson. Um, similar reasoning to yours. South Carolina great at home. Clemson not been good on the road. Uh, Gamecocks have also also played like the, the toughest schedule in the entire country through their first eight games. The result was a two and six start. They finally got a break in the schedule and made the most out of it, winning their last three games to get within one win of bowl eligibility. I see them highly motivated to finish the job here against Clemson, pull off the upset, get that coveted sixth victory. Clemson has also handled its business here down the stretch, going three and zero straight up, three and zero against the spread. Their last three. But all three of those games were at home. Now the Tigers have to hit the road where they have struggled this year. They're 1-3 and three straight up, 1-3 and three against the spread on the road. Lone win coming at Syracuse, and that was pretty much the time when Syracuse went in the tank and just got blown out by everybody. Uh, Clemson lost 28-7 to Duke, 28-20 to to Miami, and 24-17 to NC State in their other three road games. That South Carolina's played its best football at home, all five wins coming at home. Um, five five and one straight up, four and two against the spread at Williams Bryce Stadium. Lone loss coming by two points to Florida. Um, fully expect if they lose this game, it won't be by more than one score. So I think there's value with the Gamecocks catching more than a touchdown here. Uh, South Carolina pulled the 31-30 upset as 14-point road dogs at Clemson last season. Spencer Rattler threw for 360 yards in the win. I, I expect him to have another big game here. Uh, Clemson 0-8 against the spread their last eight games after allowing seven points or fewer in the first half of two consecutive games. Um, see value here with uh, South Carolina. Yeah, no way I'm laying over a touchdown with Clemson, but I personally can't get there with the Gamecocks. I, I just think the Tigers, you know, they're a team that I thought would maybe mail it in after they lost to NC State and were pretty much, you know, eliminated from They'd already been eliminated from the playoffs, but then at that point they're pretty much eliminated from the ACC race. But, you know, they've came out and, like you said, one covered their last three games, and they were pretty impressive in all three, you know, beating Notre Dame by eight, Georgia Tech by 21, North Carolina by 11. You know, South Carolina, they beat up on some bad teams so late, but they've struggled in there against their better teams. And I, the revenge thing is probably the biggest thing that kept me away from Clemson here. I, I, 
I think Dabo's going to have this team well rem- well reminded of what Rattler did to them last year. And, you know, this is just a team that I, I just haven't had a good feel for because they've just shown up when you don't think they will. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's playing really well, so I, I get it. It's it's definitely, I mean, they're, they're going to be motivated, especially after losing to South Carolina last year. I just, with South Carolina coming this close and fighting back, I, I just like the their positive momentum right now. So hoping this one's decided by one score either way. Um, let's go to the NFL. What do you like this week? Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams as a slim one-point road favorite against the Cardinals. You know, Arizona's covered each of their first two games under Kyler Murray, and now I think they're getting a little too much respect. They beat Arizona, or they beat, um, not Arizona, uh, Atlanta at home and kept it close on the road against the Texans, who are in a massive letdown spot. The Cardinals are still a bad football team. And, you know, it's not like they'd be a playoff team in Murley. And if Murray had, you know, been the starter in week one, they have no real incentive to play well down the stretch. You know, I also think it's worth noting that while the offense looks better with Murray, uh, they're still struggling to put up points. Um, They just can't seem to finish off drives when they matter. The Rams have been a sneaky, good defensive team and probably, you know, would have better defensive numbers if Stafford didn't miss so much time because, you know, without him, the offense was just trash and then the defense was on the field the whole game. You know, L.A. has dominated this series since Murray became the starter in Arizona. Rams are 7-1 and one versus Murray, winning by an average of 9.5 points per game. You know, L.A. pulled a rabbit out of their hat in last week's 17-16 win at uh, win against the Seahawks. It was Stafford's return from injury. Getting Stafford back was huge, but the guy they've really missed is running back Kyron Williams. You know, he's expected back for this one. He hasn't played since October 15th, and people forget how good this offense was playing with Stafford and Williams in the lineup. Just so happens the last time they were in the lineup together, uh, they pulled out a 26-9 blowout win against these Cardinals. I get Arizona didn't have Murray for that matchup, but they did have Dobbs, and I don't see any sort of massive upgrade um, from Murray to Dobbs. So um, I, I still think there's value here with the Rams at laying a very short number. Um, there's still also a lot up for grabs for this Rams team. Despite their 4-6 and six record, uh, the Vikings currently hold the 7th and final spot at 6-5. and five. The Seahawks, who they've already beat twice and would have the tiebreaker against, are sitting 6th at 6-4. Six and four. You know, including this game, the Rams figure to be favored in five of their next six. They also could catch a break in their Week 18 matchup uh, at San Francisco. There's a chance probably the 49ers could have nothing to play for and rest some guys. You know, last week I said the Broncos were a good bet at plus 550 to make the playoffs, and they're now sitting at plus 270 after their win against the Vikings. I'm going to say the same thing with the Rams this week, who I see listed at plus 500 at multiple books. Uh, that aside... Rams win this one. Give me LA minus one. All right, good recommendation on the Broncos, and I can see this recommendation on the on the Rams too. Uh, my twenty-five star on the Rams plus two cash last week. Grabbed him as an underdog early in the week when Stafford was uh, was announced in. That made all the difference because they closed two and a half point favorites and one by one. They were actually there were actually four games in the NFL last week where the books got middled, which is the most I can ever remember seeing in one week. You could have had the Steelers at plus four early in the week or the Browns that have pick them later in the week and went off as two and a half point favorites one by three you could have had the Cardinals at plus six or the Texans at minus four Texans one by five you could have had the 49ers at minus 10 uh Buccaneers plus 13 and a half at close 49ers one by 13 so numbers matter especially in the NFL 
But anyways, on this game, I lean the Rams as well. I think it's a buy-low type of team in the second half of the season after a 3-6 and six start. They're about as healthy as they've been all season. Unfortunately, Cub went down last week with an injury. But they came back on the Seahawks without him and have actually been pretty good without him this season, even though it's still a blow not having him. Cardinals have a ton of injuries on defense, and their defense is terrible as it is. Rams have uh, by far the superior stop unit and got some guys back last week to help them uh, shut down the Seahawks. Uh, they held Dobbs and the Cardinals to nine points in their 26-9 victory earlier this season. I think they can hold Kyler Murray in this offense in check as well. Uh, Rams own the Cardinals going 12-2 and straight up, 11-2-1 and against the spread of the last 14 meetings. These games haven't even been close. All 12 wins have come by seven points or more. The Rams have a, a lot more to play for at this point as they're trying to get back into playoff contention. They're a lot healthier. They're the fresher team after having a bye two weeks ago. Uh, Cardinals haven't even had a bye yet, starting to run out of gas, I think. Um, And you're right, that running back Williams is huge for this team, getting him back. He averages 4.7 per carry. He's also also a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield to give uh, Stafford another weapon. So it's Rams or nothing here. For me yeah, I'm pretty sure Williams still leads the team in rushing, and he hasn't he played does. in a month. He so does. He does. It just tells you how. I mean, and being able to get those yards and get those, you know, stay ahead of the change, it just makes it so much easier for the offense, and it eats up clock, and keeps the defense fresh. So yeah, I remember watching the second half of that Rams Cardinals game. I mean, it was like a 10-9 game at half, and then they just ran the ball like I don't even know. Like every every the first drive out of the half, they ran the ball like twelve straight times, and Williams scored, and it, they just kept pounding it. And I think they're going to go back to that because it works. It'll take some pressure off of Stafford, and the Cardinals aren't great at stopping the run. So it would be wise of McVay to go back to that strategy instead of slinging it. Yeah, and I just think having seen Murray and played against him, and just kind of knowing his strengths and weakness, really favors LA in this one. Yeah, the, the NFC West is the the main division for that. Like how teams just own each other right and uh the rams own own the cardinals so i like this one uh i'm gonna go with the ravens minus three and a half at the chargers ravens are the best team in the nfl if it's not the 49ers right now both have elite numbers um the ravens last seven losses with lamar jackson at quarterback they had a fourth quarter lead and were uh, 75% or better to win the game. They could be on a crazy unbeaten streak if not for some bad variance late in games with Jackson. Um, the down-to-down success is the most predictable, and the Ravens are thriving at that this season. They average 28 points per game, 367 yards per game, 6.1 yards per play on offense, allow 16 points per game, 274 yards per game, 4.5 per play per play on defense outscoring opponents by nearly 12 points per game outgaining them by nearly 100 yards per game and uh, 1.6 yards per play this season chargers have a decent offense with justin herbert but he's missing uh, several key weapons and drops have been an issue for his receivers herbert is forced every week to try and win shootouts because the defense can't get stops the chargers have one of the worst defenses in the nfl they allow 24 points per game 394 yards per game 6.1 yards per play they rank 31st in the nfl in total defense and 29 29th in yards per play allowed uh we've seen the chargers um defense when they faced a legit offense like two weeks ago when they allowed 41 points and 533 yards to the lions the ravens beat that same lions team 38 to 6 earlier this season even last week the chargers allowed the packers to have a breakout offensive performance with 397 total yards against them the packers were pretty much dead on offense 
but got right against the Chargers. Uh, the Ravens can kind of name their number here against this Chargers defense, who lost their best defensive player in Joey Bosa to a foot injury against the Packers. He just went on IR this week. Uh, the Ravens have scored at least 31 points in five consecutive game now, games now, and if they get the 31 here, they're going to cover this three-and-a-half-point spread. They're, I expect them to get the 31 or more. Um, the Chargers have no home field advantage. There will likely be more Ravens fans attending this game than Chargers fans. The Ravens also have the rest advantage after playing the Bengals on Thursday last week. So that now they have three extra days to get ready for the Chargers. John Harbaugh nine and two against the spread in road games against a losing team that wins forty to forty nine percent of their games as the coach of Baltimore. Um, I'm going to lay the number with the Ravens Sunday night. Yeah, I definitely lean Ravens. Uh, Baltimore, without question, the better team. They've got the extra time to prepare. But this one just scares me a little bit. It just, it just, the, <clears throat> you know, we see the Ravens kind of lose some of these games where we think they're going to win, and the Chargers they they tend to always play close games and. Sometimes they sneak some of these out that they shouldn't. And the biggest thing here for me is it just feels like you know, this is do or die for L.A. if they want any shot at the playoffs. You just given the number of teams they've got to jump just to get into those one of those wild card spots, a loss here and they're all but done for. And, you know, maybe that's enough to, for them to keep this close and closer than expected and maybe even went outright. You know, hopefully that's not the case for you. But that's the big reason I'm sitting this one out. Yeah, I mean, not having Mark Andrews worries me a little bit because that was his guy. But he, I mean, he spread it around to his receivers. I think he had more than 200 passing yards to his receivers for like the first time in his career uh, last week. They still have a lot of weapons, and they can they 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 got a a couple good backup tight ends too, and like Isaiah Likely and um, Charlie Kohler, I believe. But I mean, neither of them are are uh, Andrews, but I think they'll be serviceable enough to. To make some plays for Jackson, but yeah, I just don't. This Chargers defense is so bad. I could see him getting in a backdoor late, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against it again. I've gotten backdoor by the Ravens a few times this year, so what's another one? Right, and it's just it's just a tough one because without Herbert, I don't this no one would want anything to do with the Chargers. But he's he's so good. He's good enough that he can he can will his way, and you know I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I'm. I'm not there on the Ravens. I, I've said it before a couple weeks ago or last week. but Yeah, you're going to have to see it to believe it. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things. And maybe it's just the playoffs that I, I see with Lamar. But it's just, you know, I think some of these fourth quarter leads that he's unable to sustain is just part of him not being able to deliver in the clutch. It but, is alarming. But, uh, yeah. This Hopefully. one may not be close. So it might not, it may not be. Matter. I'm hoping not. Yeah. All right, we're 25-14-1, the last 40 NFL teasers we've been out after sweeping our teasers last week for the lone bright spot for you guys last week. What's your teaser this week? I'm going to take a dirty two-team six-point teaser. I'm going to take the Bucks from plus 2.5 to plus 8.5 on the road against the Colts. And then I'm going to take the Jets from plus 9.5 up to plus 15.5 at home against the Dolphins. I've been leaning heavily towards playing Tampa Bay on the money line. Uh, but I just think I just love them tease up to eight and a half in this one. I I think the Colts are um, not as good as what people think, and the the Gardner Minshew is he he seems to play well for a little bit, and then it just kind of wears out, and it just kind of feels like that's the case there with them. Um, as far as the Jets, I, I think their defense is going to be able to do enough uh, against Miami to keep this game close, and on offense. They can only be better without Wilson at quarterback. 
Um, and I think the big thing to keep in mind here, the look ahead on this game was Dolphins minus six and a half. I mean, then there's the news that Wilson's getting benched and if they're going with Boyle, and now it's nine and a half. I, no way is Wilson three points more valuable than Boyle. Um, and I think if Boyle plays well, and we've seen Jet quarterback come in in this spot and play well in the past. I mean, Mike White's one of those guys. Uh, there are weapons. The offensive line is a complete mess, and the one thing that does scare me here. But at 15 and a half, I, I think they got a good shot at keeping that within the number. Man, the Bucks scare me a little bit with the Colts coming off a bye. I mean, I, I don't know how you can be confident in Tim Boyle at quarterback for the Jets up against this improving Miami, Miami defense that also has a high-powered offense. One defensive touchdown by the Dolphins, this one may, may be toast. The Jets have only scored nine offensive touchdowns in ten games this season. A couple contrarian plays for you there. I usually love your teasers, but to be honest with you, I don't love this one. Yeah, and it, as far as the Jets, I, I Miami's offense hasn't shown me that they're lights out against great defensive teams. No, they haven't. Not so, I mean, as long as their defense, the Raiders. Can- you know, the Raiders I loved last week at plus 14, and I don't know. It, it, I think the Raiders could have easily won that game. It was close early, and they just couldn't, you know, keep it going. But they held them to 21 points, and the Jets' defense is legit. It's just I the number of – the offensive line injuries for the Jets is absolutely staggering when you hear, like, the number of – Different starting like being on line. fifth center, eighth tackle, yeah. ninth right guard. It's just insane what they've had to go through up there and maybe why this could go down in flames. But I'm going to count on that Jets defense, home crowd, keep it close, 14. Yeah, I mean, both of those are probably going to cash. They just scare me a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with a six-point teaser on the Texans plus seven and a half and the Browns plus seven and a half. Teasing Texans from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half at home against the Jaguars. Texans have played in six straight games decided by seven points or less. Haven't lost by more than seven points since week two. Teasing the Browns from one and a half to seven and a half on the road at the Broncos. I'll trust this uh, Browns top ranked defense to shut down Russell Wilson and keep this one close. Browns are five and one straight up their last six games. And their only loss came by four points in the closing seconds against Seattle. Broncos only have one win all season by more than three points. So this one makes sense to me. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit. Um, Cleveland would be the one concern just because of the offense and DTR first road start. Yeah, it's just it's Denver. It's it's a tough place to play, and I don't know. But then again, you know the Broncos are just the way they play. They're just not built to blow teams out. And as far as the Texans con- concerned, we kind of talked about with the Rams having um, the Cardinals numbers. I, the Texans have you know they've played Jacksonville really well, played so. Yeah, the they AFC, already beat them this year. So AFC South has that same the thing that the NFC West has going with certain teams owning one another. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous with the Jaguars needing revenge. But I think that game's a one score game. So um, yeah, I like this one a lot. Can you repeat your uh, three picks for the listeners though? Yeah, I have Duke minus six, Rams minus one, and then a two team six point teaser. On the Bucks plus eight and a half and the Jets plus fifteen and a half. I'm gonna go with South Carolina plus seven and a half against Clemson, Ravens minus three and a half over the Chargers and a six point teaser on the Texans plus seven and a half and the Browns plus seven and a half. Brandon, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your family and uh, you get to enjoy some football over the next several days. 
Yeah, same to you, man. Uh, enjoy the holiday and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. All right. I know I'm looking forward to watching a ton now with most of, most of the picks out. Most of the work is done already. It's time to feast. Uh, Brandon, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? At B. Lee's Sports Picks. All right, you can find me on Twitter at BetFirmsJack. Sign up for a premium package from both of us at SportsCabin.com or BetFirm.com. We'll be back with six more free picks for you guys next week. Until then, cash some tickets, and good luck with all your bets over Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com. 